0: Welcome to Best Worst Movies, the podcast where I invite folks on to talk about their favorite terrible movies. I'm joined today by Megan Wright. Megan is a writer, an educator, a spiritual director, and my sister. She was also a music major and a former member of our family singing group, The Mountaintop Experience. So she's well qualified to talk about today's movie, a super popular musical movie that only has a 39% Rotten Tomato score. So welcome, Megan. It's good to have you here. I'm
1: very excited to be here, and really that 39% is just, it's its disappointing, let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> it really is. No, it's, so I just watched this movie two days ago, I watched it on Saturday, and we're recording on a Monday. So it is quite fresh, and it had been a while since I've seen it, but I'm reading through the critical reviews, trying to find my pull quote, and was just like astounded at some of what the critics had to say. I do not agree.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. I definitely don't agree as well. So I guess that's what we will make this conversation, which we will try to keep brief since, you know, we can do the deep dive of <laughs> sisters. Let's let's try to keep for your listeners a little bit more brief. <laughs>
0: Indeed. Well, let's tell them what movie we're even talking
1: about. All right. We are talking about the Disney musical Newsies, and just a little bit of background on it it was set in 1899 it was about the time in history where newspaper is king and so you have these delivery boys of the newspaper the newsies and the the paper tycoons they raise the price for the newsies for the distribution and so all of a sudden the newsies are like no we can't afford more we're already in poverty we're already below you know every living standard there is and so they unite and they go on strike and so that is the the setting in which all these musical numbers and dances and drama unfolds
0: right exactly and why did you pick this movie
1: I have always enjoyed this movie. My seventh, eighth grade year old self loved it, was in love with the characters and the action in the movie. And then as soon as my kids were old enough to be introduced to live action movies, I bought this one up on Blu-ray and I have watched it quite a few times in the last decade with them. So, yep, it's always been a pretty consistent source in my life.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it was was shocking to me when I was watching it to see how yeah how negative the the reviews were because 39% is really quite appalling so I usually like to have people choose a line from a critical review that really like stood out to them as either a funny piece of writing or as some kind of like really savage takedown of the movie so did you have one that really stood out to you?
1: I do, but I fear that maybe you've chosen the same one. Matt Brunson of Creative (laughs) Loafing said, As a drama, it features potent material. But by presenting this as a musical, all hope is lost, thanks to the eminently forgettable tunes and casting of actors who can't sing. I just thought, whoa, that is, (laughs) that's a
0: below-the-belt review for sure. (laughs) Exactly. Now, that is the one I had chosen as well. because Especially what really, really killed me about this is that it, it talks about these eminently forgettable tunes. When this was adapted for stage, it was nominated for eight Tonys and it won two, including Best Music for Alan Menken. <laughs> so, so musical lovers did not agree with movie critics
1: (laughs) no for sure because i have watched the musical version being such a diehard lover of this film i watched the musical version and i thought it was very good and along with those forgettable tunes and my i have a i have two daughters, and one is actually singing that in their spring concert. So we're recording in the spring, and and they're singing it in the spring concert. So it is something that even in 2022 is still being sung by high school choirs. I mean, you can go on YouTube, and you will see people singing. In particular, the, the song Seize the Day, because it's an amazing part of the film, and we'll probably get into that. But yeah, I don't agree that it's forgettable.
0: Yeah, I mean... I, unlike you, like I said, I have not seen this movie in a really long time. Now, I didn't remember Santa Fe as well, because I think that is a less great tune. But, like, Seize the Day, that King of New York, I mean, I I totally was, like, right there and remembered, you know, the tune and all of that stuff. So I just was, I, I was baffled to see it listed as forgettable music, because... I do not think that is accurate. Why do you think the critics were so harsh on this? And and do they have any kind of, like, leg to stand on? Well, when you watch child actors, you can
1: see that when you don't have an ensemble that's going to come together over time, you really got this hodgepodge of people who are doing the best they can, but they're still developing in their skill sets. So I would agree that the vocals are not the strongest that I've ever heard. I think one of the extra characters had the strongest vocals. It was one of the the boys and he had really strong vocals. I'm like, he he can sing and he's the best one, but you hear him sing like three lines in the whole movie. Right. Um, so I think the vocals, there's something to be said there. I believe that there are some parts of the acting that are a bit stiff. It's not as believable as you would like to see, but I chalk that up to developing actors. You know, I would say the significant thing that I didn't read in the reviews, but that is true is like, holy cow inconsistent accents like what does a New Yorker actually sound like like that to me is like yeah I don't I don't know we got some
0: stuff going on there yeah this is like pretty early in Christian Bale I think this might have been kind of the like launch point for Christian Bale I know that he had been in Empire of the Sun before this which would have been a pretty major get for him but I think this is probably one of his first like leading roles and yeah, his ah, uh, it was funny watching it. I was like, oh, you can hear his ah uh, British accent peeking through his not great New York accent <laughs> yeah. with with some regularity. <laughs> it is it is not toned. <laughs>
1: are definitely challenging. I mean, you watch adult films, and you're like, what, what are we trying to accomplish here? So um, yeah. I, th- I don't think it bothered my younger self. I, I certainly hear that with fresh ears as an adult. But right. you know, it's, that's not uncommon in lots and lots of film.
0: Right. And I think the other thing that I will say is that the characters are pretty flat we don't get a whole lot of development in them and i feel like that's probably the one thing jack in particular like jack and uh is it david Um, yes jack and david both of them feel i i feel like the movie probably could have worked a little harder to give them a little bit more of a fleshed out character but i don't know for the most part i i don't think they're that the uh, critics are right on this one. So,
1: Absolutely. I think yeah. sometimes that not fleshing out the character that sometimes is just led to the, you know, there's David. He's one day he's, his he's in school. Cause his dad has a job. Now he's out of school. And then all of a sudden he's at, like this leader of this strike. So you're like, it's this, when you watch a film or you read a book, you're like, why do they care so fast? And and I think some of that is the case. You're just thrust into a situation and you're like, oh, apparently you care all to the ends of the earth about this thing that you didn't even know about two days ago. But that's, that's what film and, and, and books often do to a character. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. Well, and musical theater as well just has that. And I think that's where maybe it, I don't want to say fails as a musical, but like, it doesn't quite hit that the The songs should have been the place where you could like maybe give us a little more character development. And you do get that with Santa Fe with uh, Jack, who's this rapscallion type kid who's been in the juvenile detention center and you know, all of this. And instead he's, you know, he's now out and he's kind of this uh, strike leader, Mostly because he's just a really good newsie, and he's good at making statements for people. And so he has that going for him. And so Santa Fe kind of gives us a little bit of a look. That's kind of his I Want song, I guess, where he's going and talking about when he leaves New York and goes and does this instead. And it tells us a little bit about his lack of a family and that kind of thing and what he's looking for there. But, But yeah, past that, I don't know. For the most part, I still think, yeah, like you said, a lot of movies and, you know, pieces of fiction in particular just kind of throw characters into situations. And that's where we're catching up with them is at this point where they have to make a decision to do a thing. So I don't feel like it's a huge failing of this movie.
1: <laughs> Correct. I would say I've I've encountered that a number of times, but it is definitely something to still be aware of when
0: watching right. the yeah, yeah. So, do you think that this movie is actually bad, or are the critics just wrong? I do believe the critics have a
1: foot to stand on. I would not say that this is one that will stand the test of time, but I do think the score and the um, ability to engage in a good storyline. I, I do think that the critics are by and large wrong. I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would, like I said, I agree. And, and again, it's just one of those things where when it was adapted, and I have not seen the musical, like the stage adaptation, is it, does it follow like the same score and the same storyline?
1: It does. I think it does have another um, reminiscent. So if you're talking about character development, I believe it does add a little bit more to that because there is another slower song that develops the Pulitzer and Hearst kind of byline and why it why isn't that going so well. There's a little bit more of a scene there in um, his office and such. So I do think it develops a little bit more on that. But it's very,
0: very similar. Right. And like I said, it got eight Tony nominations. And I don't know that that says to me that, you know, musical people like it. Musical people can be pretty, pretty snobby sometimes. So I don't know. (laughs) So in the many, many times that you have rewatched this movie, do you feel like it holds up? Uh, Is there anything that's in the past that you liked more and now you're kind of whatever or any of those kind of things? Where where are you now versus middle school?
1: I mean, middle school Megan showed up for all the guys, like for sure. (laughs) No doubt. Well, you there's some guys. Of
0: are, guys in this, yeah.
1: You know, you have guys who are singing and dancing and having fun. Like to me, that was a huge appeal. <laughs> I am also a person who grew up with a very historical family. I was born in Gettysburg, PA, so that and and Elise, since you're my sister, you know, we traveled to like all the historical sites the East Coast has to hold, yep. and so I loved the history of it, which I think stands up impeccably well to today. So I think between the history and the, you know, I don't have a crush on the boys in the film at this (laughs) age, age of my life, but I do think it holds up from like the interest in the historical, what would that have felt like, like placing you in somebody else's shoes? I still feel that that holds up. I mean, I can see the romance is a little bit more forced because I don't Mm -hmm. think the acting is particularly great. That doesn't hold up. Whereas I probably didn't notice that as a child, you know, those kinds of things, but I do think it holds up. I do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I definitely think there's a, there's a good bit on it that, that really still works really well. I mean, particularly right now as we're kind of in the middle of this, like, Great resignation, and there are a lot more, we're seeing these pushes, and it's small right now, but a lot of pushes toward more unionization in different places where we're seeing Starbucks begin to unionize, we're seeing Amazon workers begin to unionize, and we're seeing some of the tactics to like suppress that. I really do think that this movie is very timely and certainly worth a watch right now, especially if any of that kind of resonates with you, yeah, as a as a viewer or just as a person in the world, I guess, right now.
1: Yeah, and I think the fact that news is king at that point in time. I mean, if you are a historical listener, the uh yellow journalism is right happening during this season of of history in America, and so mm-hmm. the fact that you know they are i mean there's even that segment of the movie in which he's talking about is it well they're they're seeing. William Hearst. That's I mean, right. yeah, there's Hearst is their guy, not Pulitzer. But right. they're seeing him and he has this moment where he's like, I tell people how to vote. I tell people how to think. I, t-, You know, he he has this as the, the tycoon of this newspaper, I am the information grantor or the information keeper. And so in an age of misinformation, I think, well, it's 100% applicable to our current day, like where where the news come from does set the standards and the way that people think and shapes our society. So I think that part of it is incredibly applicable to today's society.
0: Yeah. So they talk a lot through the through the movie, one of the like common phrases is headlines don't sell papes, newsies sell papes. And so there's a scene, it's pretty early where Jack's kind of teaching David the ropes on how to sell papers. And he talks about a fire downtown and thousands flee for their lives or whatever. And the story is just, it's it's like some kind of, yeah, barrel fire near where a bunch of pigeons are. And like that's the whole story. Is it's not really anything. And it just felt like every YouTube video that's the so-and-so, you know, a fire broke out in a barrel and you won't believe what happened next kind of thing. It had that vibe to me of the very clickbaity kind of headlines.
1: Absolutely. A hundred percent that's what what it is, like, what is it? I mean, Jack even talks about what is it that is a good, what makes a good headline? And they're like, all those words, all those things Mm -hmm. that make you want to click, say, oh my goodness, you know, and he goes through the list of words, corpse and nude and, you know, danger and violence, all those kinds of things. You're like, yeah, it still sells. That's what sells (laughs) news. That's what gets views. That's, That's what it does. And so, yeah, it's the same. It's the same today as it was then. And I think it's kind of fun for the writers to have nailed that so well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It it was. It was fascinating to see those kind of things and just to be like, well, I mean, even right now, it's, it's fascinating when you kind of look at some things, and I'll probably link to this in the show notes, but uh, CGP Grey does this really great video just talking about the different ways that we spread information and the kind of ways that we do that. And he talks about, yeah, how things that make you feel good don't really generate clicks as much because it doesn't ping as much in our brains as things that make us angry or make us afraid. And it's just, it's fascinating to see. I'm sure before any of those were like studied on any kind of official way But to see how that we've known that to be true for all time.
1: Yeah, it definitely makes sense and fits into the research that we now know. But Mm -hmm. it existed before we started researching
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what is your favorite part of the movie now? Is it the same as before? Is it something that's kind of changed or where do you fall in all of that?
1: Well, there are two moments which have always brought up the feels for me. And number one is Seize the Day. When, Like, not the first time they sing it, but the second when they have the uh, acapella beginning of it. And then they go into these kids playing on their cans. And they, like, I just... I just love that. And we're talking right around the same time as Stomp would have been created. So, you know, they're playing on their tin cans. They're doing this like really rhythmic dancing. And, you know, I just love that moment. And I do think Seize the Day is a, a consistently great a cappella song. So I love that moment. Great. And I just think when the newsies are there thinking, man, we can't do this. We're all alone. And the the rest of the city comes because they read the pamphlet that um, they produced to let other child workers, because what happens for those who haven't seen the film is that they're being, these these newies, these young boys are being helped by a um, reporter for a different, for, what was it? The New York Sun or something yeah. like that. And he prints a page and they're able to mass produce that and get it out to the city because he says, you know, the entire city of New York is living on the shoulders of child workers. Let's, let's get them involved. This matters to them too. And so in the end of the film, all of those people also rise up and say, no, we're, we, we believe in this. And you see all these people holding signs where women's rights too, and coal workers unite and like just all these things. And I love that scene where it's like, it's going to take more than just one group, more than just one voice to make a difference and change this thing. So those two are still my favorites and they were back then too.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't really tell you what my favorite was from, back in the day, but I'll be honest, man, when everybody comes in at the end and you see all of these people, all of these young people, especially kind of like streaming in to the you know, town square or whatever, oh my God, like that made me tear up watching it the other day. I just thought, oh my, yeah, that's, and I think that's really what we're seeing in lots of things, especially with young people right now, are just pushes to, you know, recognizing where inequality is and saying, if we all work together, you know, we can, we can do this. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I And in looking at the historical thing, they didn't actually lower the price, but they were able, and they talk about this kind of in the movie that whenever they purchased the papers, if they didn't sell them all, that that was it. They still had purchased them. There wasn't any kind of buyback. And the result of this strike, the 1899 Newsy strike was that they were compensated for things that they didn't sell. So they were able to sell back those papers, which is yeah. Wonderful because then you weren't just out the money.
1: Yeah. I think sometimes, and I think just, When I watch a historical movie, which I really do like both historical fiction and reading and in film, it always does make me go back and say, "Okay, what is actually accurate? What is it? And, and I think that's always my nerdiness shining through. But also, it just, it does. I am an aural learner. And so when I see a musical, when I put it in a context that isn't just a history book, it just mm-hmm. comes alive and invites me to further investigate what's going on. And I think this could. I think this could invite adults and children alike into exploring something that maybe they know less about than, Than their history book would prefer them to know.
0: So, (laughs) okay. So it is time for best worst line, best worst character. What is your best worst line? My best worst. So, I mean, there are some,
1: when you're writing a musical, you know, you're going to put some lines in there just for the, um, the rhyme, or rhythm factor, you know, so my, so do you want to hear both my best and my worst? I want to be clear
0: yeah, right. for it.
1: Okay. Yeah. My best, I don't have the exact quote, but at one point in time, Denton, which is the reporter who is helping the newsies, mm-hmm. he talks about how, okay, use your one voice gather more voices and those voices will make an impact unless they're silenced. And I think that that was an incredibly poignant line and it's timeless and necessary and applicable. So it is definitely uh, my best line. My worst is probably uh, at the end where Crutchy talks to Snyder. And once again, those are characters you may or may not know if you've seen it, but Snyder was the warden of the juvenile detention center. Not He's, he's definitely not, good at his job he's not doing it well he you know something's happening on the side he's getting kickbacks he's giving kickbacks so that he can line his pockets but crutchy at the end he says well the and so through a series of events snyder is now going to be punished or at least on trial for the crimes that he has done his underhanded dealings and crutchy is uh, another one of the newsies. And he says something to a uh, Snyder saying, make friends with the rats, share what you have in common. And you know, that's pretty <laughs> entirely cheesy. Yeah. It fits the film. It really, really does. But you
0: know, super cheesy. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have a, a, best worst line or a worst line the line that i just really stood out to me was um jack talking to dave and dave is asking uh william hurst why are you doing this increase in price to the newsies why are you passing that on to us because you already have all this money. Why are you sticking with this? You've lost money. Your circulation is significantly down because of the Newsy strike that's happening already. And, and Jack says, you see, it ain't about the money, Dave. If Joe gives in to nobody's like us, it means we got the power. And I just thought, Oh, wow. I mean, when you see Amazon spending millions and millions and millions of dollars to like, Bust unions. We can see, yeah, it's not a monetary thing. We're seeing that like in real time right now. It's not about money. It's about continuing to have the power. And I just, I thought that was a really fantastic line in the movie, and it, it's one that, yeah, still resonates.
1: Absolutely. Yep. I that one stuck out to me a lot too. I mean, the, there are a couple times they mention those power dynamics, and that mm-hmm. is something I, I'm so glad that I'm growing in my awareness of and I'm glad that society is calling it out because right. those power dynamics, power struggles, they're very very real, very real. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean obviously we're talking about, you know, different things then and now, but yeah, the the power dynamics still exist and and still need to be confronted. So. So best worst character. I'm I'm going to go with this one. Bill Pullman as Brian Denton is the best worst character for me. He is a perfectly fine character. He's not a great singer, but I'll be honest. I don't really mind the not great singing in this. I think it's, it's all fine. And to me, it kind of works with like the not real polished kind of thing that we're going for. So that didn't really bother me. But the problem with Bill Pullman is that the actual person who reported on this strike in particular was a woman, Annie Kelly. And it devastates me that a woman was like, she's the only woman who spoke. They have a rally. They have a rally in the movie, like in the musical, Uh, At Irving Hall, this is a thing that actually happened. And it's actually kind of a turning point in the strike because it was the point where a lot of the newsies decided we're not going to be violent anymore. We'd like to try to persuade people to not do this. And it just got a lot more people on their side. Uh, So a lot more people just stopped buying newspapers at that point. But Annie Kelly was the only woman to speak there and to have like the only woman in the movie other than Jack's love interest, who isn't anybody. The only other woman is a burlesque dancer, and that's fine. But it just super bums me out that the reporter who reported on this strike was a woman, and instead she was cast as a man. And that will just, like, endlessly bum me out. (laughs) So, sorry, Bill Pullman. It's not your fault. You were great in Independence Day. You can be our president anytime, but... (laughs) But, but no, you can't be the woman reporter.
1: <laughs> yes, seriously. When you watch a historical film that's based on true events, or whatever those words are, they put in there to right. to make them be able to rewrite whatever parts of it they can. I, yeah, that's a that's a terribly discouraging aspect for sure. So, definitely yeah. a best worst moment there. Definitely.
0: <laughs> Yeah. All right. So who is your best worst character?
1: Well, I am still a Jack Kelly fan. I think that Mm -hmm. you can see Christian Bale developing as an actor. I think his skills as singing as I mean, his dancing, I think he comes off as like kind of nonchalant and sloppy, but they're just not tight dance moves, you know? So there's a (laughs) lot of development there's a lot of development that doesn't exist there. But I just, I do think he plays on screen. I think you can see his tormented. Don't take a picture of me. Don't, don't really oust my family. I'm lying to hide the fact that I've gone through bad things, that my life's been traumatic, that, that I'm not whole. I'm not wholly confident in anything of who I am or what I'm supposed to do. But um, so I think he's best in that his character is, is relatable worst in that you can just see the actor himself developing and growing into his craft so that's my
0: best for sure no jack kelly's a great one he's he's great he's somebody who i feel like oh channing tatum probably would have played him in the in the now time
1: (laughs) yeah i can see that and i mean i i will admit that watching Christian Bale in this film as often as I did in junior high because we didn't even get into this but I am certain that we watched this because we we are of the era of VHS recordings from TV and I'm certain this would have been a free Disney weekend and we recorded it so I watched this on VHS entirely nearly every weekend of my middle school career my middle school life (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's how it came to be in our possession. If you're foggy, Elise, on where and when and how you watched it, I am certain it was, you know, a freebie on Disney Network. And that's how we got most of the the films we watched growing up was right. recorded from TV. <laughs> so when you watched them as an adult and you're like, well, that wasn't in what I saw growing up, you know, that's why. Because we recorded the TV version on VHS. So. so
0: many. Yeah, exactly. I think I talked about that in a previous episode. But yeah, movies from TV were a, were a staple in our house growing up. Absolutely. But I I think for me, watching this
1: one, I, I followed Christian Bale quite closely cuz swing kids became another mm-hmm. favorite line which was another musically inspired film world war ii era and that one he was in that one and so i just followed that, him pretty close came out like large the next dude.
0: that came out like the next year right
1: it was a, and it was a significant uptick in his acting ability mm-hmm. it, it's probably not highly reviewed either and i don't know that i could talk endlessly about it but i did love that one um (laughs) as well and so definitely i i followed him pretty closely due to this you know following him after watching this film for sure
0: yeah, and I'm excited, you know, we're gonna get to see him. He's he's now in the MCU as literally every actor who exists, I think. So Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're either in the MCU or you were in Harry Potter and that's <laughs> that's all the yeah. actors in the world, I'm that, pretty sure. <laughs> that is uh you can say, How do I
1: know them? Well, it's probably I mean it British actors I'm gonna know from Harry Potter and then I'm gonna they're gonna pop up in the I, I like I like age that I I like European and and British British films pretty well. So
0: yeah. All right. right, So what's your last pitch for people to watch this movie?
1: Well, I think there is the historical pitch of you see a lot of world war two history in films, even civil war, but you're not going to see a lot about this unionization of the country. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, the child labor fact of it and the news fact of it is definitely enough. And I do believe that the music is memorable. So if you want a memorable tune, go ahead and YouTube sees the day. There are lots and lots of different versions of it. I think it is a really great song. And so I would encourage you, if you like history, you like songs and you want to see a little bit of choreography,
0: uh, there you go. There you go. That's my pitch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it, Matt Brunson. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) They are memorable. I'm telling you. Exactly.
1: (laughs) We could break into two part harmony right now scenes. I know we could.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, it's been super great having you on today, Megan. I'm so glad that you're here. And yeah, it's been a delight. Go watch this movie, folks.